Many generations and cultures in this country have lived through and seen police brutality. From the Battle of Beanfield to the Battle of Orgreave, it can be a scary place to be as part of a minority. And racism still exists in our streets. If you're a young black male stopped and searched on the way to his grandma's for tea. We sit divided in a nation of silence, far too British to ask a stranger what the time is. They do not want you to love or accept each other. Hate thy brother for his skin color. They do not want you to love or accept yourself. They want you to idolize someone else. In this country, they strike fear into the people who need them the most. The vulnerable, the elderly, the people who can't afford beans on toast. Teaching the working class to hate refugees, to blame the foreigners for stealing the jobs of we. To resent the travelers for the fact that we live so free. They don't want you to see that austerity is a direct consequence of their policies. Yeah. They tell you that they'll be on your side. Since the war, you were told if you work hard, you will rise. But you've been working really hard for a really long time and poverty still runs in your family line. So fuck capitalism, fuck Tories, and the hate that they breed. We're a nation of workers who wish to be free. We're a nation of mothers who are trying to feed thousands of children who are growing up looking for something to believe. Thousands of children who are going to grow up like me. But at least for my community, I can say I'm so fucking lucky. I was born into love, not a slave to this country, not a slave to the monster, to the beast deep beneath, the one who will write Boris Johnson's next speech, the one who burns down the village and can still sleep with peace. How can you wipe out a culture with a nod of your head? We're all here, you know. Why don't you talk to us instead? We can tell you all the things you just can't understand how it is to grow up and live on the travelling land, about our lives which we haven't yet planned, and how to protect our culture, we will do everything that we can. So no, I'm not a slave to the person they want us to be. I'm free, I'm free, I'm free and I'm me. And you're you, you're here, we're gonna be fine. Some days will come sun, some days we might cry, but I promise we will live this way for the rest of our lives. So fuck off trying to end us, now's not the time. Fuck off trying to end us, we're too strong to die. Welcome to I Choose the Road podcast. For anyone who has been following the progress of the policing bill through Parliament, it has been quite a busy time. The Lords have been voting on their amendments to the bill and it is now in its final stages. 
In terms of the bill as a whole, there have been some victories. The Lords rejected the late amendments that were made in terms of some of the protest elements of the bill. Locking on or carrying lock-on equipment, for example, or suspicionless stop and search, they've been thrown out and they can't be put back in. There are some other amendments that the Lords have voted through. Noisy protest causing a serious nuisance, but they can be put back in by the Commons and unfortunately the expectation is that they will be. No amendments have been voted through for section four. There are lots of shocking elements to this bill that are not directly related to the traveller laws or to the protest laws. I haven't got time to go into all that here and I do want to keep the focus on traveller issues but I will post some links in the show notes to articles talking more broadly about the bill and all of the draconian measures that will be coming in when it comes into law. On Saturday the 15th of January there was a nationwide day of action against the police crime courts and sentencing bill. All over the country people gathered in towns and cities to show unity and opposition to the bill. I Choose the Road podcast attended the Bristol protest which was rammed an amazing show of solidarity and defiance. I chatted to as many people as I could in the crowd as we marched around the now very familiar route around Bristol town centre. So here's what some of the travellers who came out to demonstrate on Saturday had to say about the bill. So, it looks like police and bill is going to pass and trespass will be criminalised. How do you feel about that? We can walk. Um, it's awful and it feels like something massive is happening to our society and it really still needs to be stopped. So it looks like we might not be able to stop it, so what do you reckon our response should be? I feel like if we can carry on protesting en masse and um, trying to encourage more and more people to do the same, then maybe things can change back in the future. And what about in terms of the traveller stuff? Do you, how is that going to affect your life? Um, well, I've been travelling on the road since like I was an adult and um, apart from like an utter immense sadness about the whole thing um, it's gonna make life really hard and make the things that we usually do almost impossible but what I really feel like aside from me is like more traditional traveling uh, people their lives and like their culture is being affected in a way that is just disgraceful and unacceptable so what you, would you do if you got to that point where it's either you move or they take you home well I'd move because I wouldn't want my home to be taken away um, but hopefully um, I'm personally probably not going to be in a situation like that at the moment because I'm really lucky to have a safe park up um, but yeah I mean it's a disgraceful situation and I imagine some people's choices are going to be really really hard in that situation so it looks like the bill is passing and trespass will be criminalised. How do you feel about that? I think it's utterly disgraceful. I don't think it should go through. And we should do whatever we can to stop it, really. But it is going to go through. Yeah, so but, what's you know, your response? If we could burn down Parliament or you know do something else like that, maybe we'd stop it like that. Why do you think they're doing it? Uh, I think that they believe that any forms of um, groupings of people 
will lead to exchange of ideas and they want to stop that and they want to put a bigger control on the on the masses basically and so it, what's your response going to be like if you're on the road and they say to you if you either you move or take your home what are you going to do I haven't really thought that far ahead I guess in that situation it's pretty grim um, I think it's a sham it's disgraceful uh, my grandfather fought in the war for uh, freedom freedom of speech and freedom of movement and uh, and pretty Patel thinks she's going to put like all these the things that we fought against the, in the war against Hitler and they're putting all this kind of thing back in place taking the common land away from the people it's a fucking shit show. Why do you think they're doing it? Because they're unjust and uh, greedy. And uh, is, how's it going to affect you in your life? Um, I've travelled all my life and uh, basically I'm not going to stop. I don't care if I've been outlawed then we'll be, we'll be outlaws and that's the way it will be. And how does that feel for you in terms of Section 4 and the criminalisation of trespass? Um, really concerning actually because I care about the Hallstorm community because I'm really close to them all and I have been for the last 20 years. My grandfather was actually Hallstorm. I've actually lived in a house all my life but that doesn't make a difference. Uh, that doesn't make a difference to how I feel about a passion towards um, the people that I know. And actually when people are living in caravans and alternative life and they're working and everything else which is what I know people to be, um, being moved on from place to place is actually really detrimental to our society because they would actually if they were if they were given a space to be they're actually taking a lot more less resources sorry than people living in uh, housing associations like myself they're actually costing less resources and costing less to the economy as a whole and that's not just it I mean these people decide to live in um, a traveller environment because actually they're a community that support each other through all kinds of issues that have been caused by the society in which we are trying to live in and I'd leave it at that. Ask you a couple of good questions. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, looks like the police bill is passing and trespass right, yeah. will be criminalised. How's that going to affect your life? I'll be out again in the spring. I'll be out sooner, probably. Depends on when I have to leave where I am at the minute. But yeah. So what is your response going to be if this if they try and enforce this bill on you? I'm just going to carry a livable life. Yeah. Everyone's got the right living. Everyone's got the right. Everyone's got the right. Yeah. It's human right. Yeah. That's all I've got to say. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so at the moment we're living on a site in Bristol. Um, once the policing bill is passed, we will have to try and find a legal way to live on this site. So at the moment, we're liaisoning with the council to try and make it into a meanwhile site, which obviously doesn't work super well for us because when we make it into a meanwhile site, they'll have authority over who comes onto our pitches and we can't work as a community deciding how we live. Um, we're going to try and um, organise some kind of deal where we can still organise as a community, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. So how does it make you feel then that your lifestyle is being effectively criminalised? Uh, pretty awful. I mean, it's been like months and months of sort of coming to terms with the idea. When the bill first came out, I had no like expectations that it would get passed. I thought it would, you know, be one of those things that Pretty Patel would propose and then wouldn't go no further than that. I thought there'd be a lot more protests for it. I know there's been some, but it's just yeah. <laughs> Considering all of our rights, not just our right to access the land, but our right to protest um, and resist any kind of fascist laws that are implemented is being taken away. I think the whole of the UK should be a bit more worried than they are. <laughs> 
so it looks like the PCSCB is going to come into law. Is that going to affect your life? Yeah. Um, it's not something I'm really happy about, and I'm hoping it will eventually change. In terms of the traveller element, the section four, is that going to directly affect your way of way of life? Probably. I reckon it will, and you know, if I do, like you know, go out in the wagon and they lock me up, I'm not going to be very happy. So, what would your response be then? Is that going to stop you going out in your wagon, or is that go- are you just going to go anyway? I'll probably go. You know, if they try lock me up, I'll probably, I'll just go and deal with it, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, it's not something I'm like or I'm happy about, you know? Of course not. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, this is my brother. This is the way that we've, like, grown up. And, like, it's, like, around all these beautiful people and we come to these protests and it's so upsetting because you're with, like, all of your family. But, like, we're, like, fighting for our rights here. And why should we have to fucking do that? Like... It's cultural cleansing, modern day cultural cleansing, and it's just getting passed by right in front of us. And I don't see how people can like agree with it when this is just how we've lived. And it's just like, I don't think there's anything wrong with the way that you live. Why is there anything wrong with the way that I want to live my life and I have for the past 15 years? And so, is it, um, what is your response going to be? Are you going to still carry on living how you're yeah, living? Yeah, I'm not going to stop just because they think it's wrong. Loads of people, I've met loads of people throughout my life that have thought, that my culture is wrong but it's nothing going to stop us and nothing that they can do to stop us because we're a big group so what about if they come and threaten to take away your home or your freedom well we'll have to fight more because i'm not going to ever fucking stop no offense sorry for swearing i just love it and i love that we've all come together and oh it's all my family and i love them all Looks like the bill is going to pass and crim- trespass is going to be criminalised. How do you feel about that? Well, like my whole way of life is going to change quite a lot. Go on. But we're still going to carry on doing what we're doing. Um, but it might mean that a lot more of us have to move out to Europe. Right. <laughs> so it looks we can walk as well. We talk as well. It looks like the policing bill is going to pass. How's that going to affect your lives? gonna stop us being able to live the way that uh, we live it's uh, it's definitely a very deliberate thing to to uh, it's, it's about control isn't it it's about hammering down and and um, surveillance I guess the the police and bill when it passes is going to stop people who can't live in a way that is suggested it's gonna stop us from being able to exist actually and i think that people who live in the way that that we live it's going to um it's gonna have so many uh, really bad effects you know like on on mental health on on stability and you know like uh, we live in a community so actually take taking away the the way that we are able to survive which is which is literally about survival taking that away like it is a really it is a really fucked thing okay it's, it's ticking boxes isn't it like i um i had a thing recently i uh, i was sexually assaulted and i and i went to space to, to kind of get help um and actually the the thing that they care most about was was that i was nfa 
and that they, uh, you know, oh yeah, 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 we can sort you out of hostels, we can, we can do this. But actually, what people don't understand is, is that you, you are a survivor. You're not a vulnerable person, and and we live in communities and we support each other. And taking away that support network and that community is a, a is a really detrimental thing to our mental health and us our, as survivors. And we are survivors, and we will be survivors, and we will survive this, and we will keep fighting. But it, uh, it's it's fucking it's it's brutal, man. It's it's brutal, and it's actually it's disgusting. You know, like people just want to, you just want to categorise things like, oh yeah, you're you're homeless, you're this, you're that. Actually, we're not. Like, like we're the lucky people. We've we've got family. Like our community is our family. And what this bill will do is decimate that and leave us with nothing. And that's what they're trying to do. It's to make us all vulnerable. They're calling us vulnerable already, and we're not vulnerable. But they're trying to put us into that category. That's what trying to do. So it looks like the PCSE is going to pass and trespass is going to be criminalised. So like, how does that make you feel? Pretty awful. I <laughs> uh, don't really want to get my home seized. Um, it sort of throws us, like the security of our site that we're on now into uncertainty. Yeah, it's just going to affect everything. Can't, can't work if I'm, I haven't got my van to live in. Uh, yeah, every, everything on Did speed. you think it was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, I haven't been very optimistic about it. <laughs> I thought it would probably get pushed through. Um, yeah, here we are. <laughs> so why do you think they're doing it? Um, just just to clamp down on sort of minority groups, just, just to sort of set an example, really, and sort of, uh, well, and all the police powers that are going to come in as well. I mean, it's, yeah, just, just for the sake of oppression, really. Uh, so really listen, what if you're actually there on the road in your home and they say to you, you either move or you take your home, what are you going to do? I don't know, I mean, I'd want to defend it, but I know that would end me up in prison if I did that. I mean, it's kind of helpless really. If I sort of, you know, <laughs> come at somebody with a stick, if they're trying to take my home off me, you can't really blame me, but where's that going to land me? In more trouble. So how do you think we should respond as a community? It's a tough one. I've been thinking about that a lot for the past year. Um, I don't know. It's it's really scary. I don't know, I don't know what to do. It's kind of feel a bit helpless, really. I mean, sort of. There's a lot of unity, obviously, and doing things like this and trying to continue to protest after it's made illegal. Just carry on doing it. But also that could lend that will end the stuff in prison. You know. Um, what, what do you do? I mean, part of me wants to go and move out of the country, but I kind of feel like I don't really want to give up fighting in this country for our rights. You know, it's, it's a very confusing time. <laughs> Not surprised, but absolutely gutted. And um, how's it going to affect your life? Well, let's see. I mean, I think probably the first, the thing that I'm most worried about it affecting my life is that there's potential for when we are moving around in our bus that we're not going to be able to. So when we try to move from one place to another, that we won't be able to do that. And we won't be able to stop way somewhere being in an old, slow-moving bus. Um, so 
if you are in a position where they're threatening to take your home unless you move, what are you going to do? Well, I will attempt to stay in my home for as long as possible. Um, yeah, it's good to know there's a lot of support around for our way of life. That's been really heartwarming today. So yeah, I would get as much support as possible. Yeah. Would you move? Would I move? Well, if they're going to say either take we either you move or we take you home. No. You're not going to. No, I wouldn't move the bus. No. No. <laughs> One of the things that was so great about Saturday was how many young people there were out. Young travellers, a lot of them second generation, like Asha who read that amazing poem that she wrote which I played at the beginning of the show. Out there on the streets, showing their opposition, showing their resistance, saying we're not going to take this, we're going to carry on our culture and being proud of that culture and I found that really inspiring. So... I thought it would be really useful, since this is an episode about what's been happening with the bill, to go back to friend of the podcast, Chris Johnson, lawyer with Community Law Partnership, who I interviewed in, in episode one, to talk to him about the bill, its passing, its ramifications and where to go from here. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for chatting with me today. So as far as I can make out, there, there aren't any meaningful amendments that have actually been passed in terms of Section 4 of this bill. Unfortunately, um, despite great work done by um, groups such as Friends, Families and Travellers and by various sympathetic members of the House of Lords, unfortunately, that lots of amendments were put forward, but none of those amendments were actually accepted. I saw that some of the amendments were things like they, they wouldn't be able to actually take away somebody's home. That's right. That was the kind of thing that was put forward. All, sen- all very sensible amendments, mm-hmm. largely because there is a very large government majority that didn't. That none of them were successful. And and when we last spoke, Chris, you were hopeful that there might have been a there might have been the possibility of changing this law to make it slightly less destructive to our communities. Um, you didn't expect it to turn out like this. Well, I, to be honest, I, yes, I, I was ever optimistic and I knew that there were Egyptian traveller support groups and that their friends in Parliament were fighting away and I was hoping that they could make some changes. But unfortunately, there have been no changes and it's not really looking at this stage like there will be any changes that benefit Egyptian travellers. No. So when can we expect this to come into law and actually start? like affecting people in their lives on the ground? I think the best bet at the moment is that it might happen in, it might be, get the Royal Assent in February or March. Right. Then they won't bring it in absolutely immediately. Mm-hmm. They will set a date then because people will have to, you know, get to grips with it and local authorities and the police will have to have a look at it and get ready as to how yeah. they're dealing with it. At the very moment the Queen signs it, that it won't immediately come into force. But that probably not too long after that, it will come into force. So it's looking like it will come into force at some stage this year. I would, I would have think, I would think by June or July it could be in force. Right. Okay. And are you still looking for people who are up for? sort of taking it to court when we spoke before you were you were saying you know if anybody would like to 
sort of be a potential client and make a case against this law, then that would be something you'd be interested in talking to people about. We're definitely interested in that, Amy. Um, we have a couple of people who are talking to us who are affected by it, but we're very happy to hear from other people. I mean, it's got very wide ramifications, not only for people who are, as it were, perpetually on the roadside because they don't have an authorised place to stop, but also people who go, who follow their traditional way of life and maybe go to a horse fair or go have a permanent base somewhere, but go travelling for employment, which mm -hmm. is all part of their nomadic way of life, of course. And they will also be affected because, you know, so we're very happy to hear from people who will be affected, uh, for other people who will be, uh, as many people want to find this is, uh, is fine. And uh, additionally, we think there is a good challenge. The challenge will be based on the Human Rights Act and it will be based on what's called Article 8 of the Human Rights Act, which is the right to respect for private and family life and home. And we will be saying this is so draconian that a way of life that has existed in this country since at least 1500, if not before then, is going to be made probably impossible or at least extremely difficult that that should be that that should happen we would argue is a breach of the human rights of gypsies and travelers mm -hmm. and therefore we will be attacking that part of the act itself and asking the courts to decide that it is incompatible and that the government should re remove that part or change the law which is obviously <laughs> as you will probably appreciate is a very difficult challenge to succeed with because mm -hmm. a court is not going to is going to be very cautious before saying that a, a, a piece of legislation or a part of an act is actually unlawful because it's in breach of the human rights act so then mm -hmm. you know it's difficult to achieve but we can see there are it's so draconian that we can see that there are arguments there well that's at least a little bit of a hopeful thing for for people listening who might be fearing that you know that that's what it's going to come to for them the other thing i would say is that you don't uh, and it's important to remember that when you land somewhere when you go onto a piece of land because you don't have any authorized place to go to um, and because there's no transit site or there's no emergency stopping place, you don't immediately become a criminal. The problem is if the police turn up or the landowner turns up and gives and says, we think you're going to cause damage or distress or disturbance, or you're likely to do that even. It's very, very broad and wide and vague terms in mm -hmm. the act. If they give you notice to leave, then you're in danger of as it were, becoming a criminal. But the, the fact that you stop on land doesn't in itself, you're not immediately becoming a criminal or being guilty of a crime. It's if you, you don't to, move when they tell you to. If you don't move when they tell you to. Now, again, the question is, maybe you can challenge them, maybe they've got it wrong, maybe you're not like, I'm sure that most Jewish travellers are not likely to cause distress. Yeah, of course. So they may be wrong about that, but there's a danger, isn't there? Because... Mm -hmm. They say you've got to go by 
24 hours time because you're likely to cause distress or damage and your opinion is that that's completely incorrect because I'm not likely to do those things. Nevertheless, there's a risk, isn't there? And that's the great danger of this legislation, that there's a risk and people, therefore, are going to be understandably inclined to say, I'm going to go. Yeah. And they're not going to have time to challenge it. You know, how are they going to get to court in time to challenge it, to get, to get a court order saying that this is all wrong, you know? Then the other thing was, I read something last week um, that seemed to suggest that that, and I don't know if I've understood this correctly, that the that ruling against wide injunctions has been overturned. Is that Would that be right That's, to say? Yes. I mean, it's all kind of technical, uh, a lot of mm. it. But to try and boil it down, Mr Justice Nicklin, who dealt with it in the High Court, said that you could not have these injunctions mm. against uh, what are called newcomers, which means you get to the final hearing of the injunction and the people who've been served with the papers uh, come to the final hearing and those people, if, if an injunction is made, those people are covered by the injunction. But then anyone who turns up later who had nothing to do with that, wasn't there before and wasn't served with the papers and everything, cannot be bound by that injunction. Now, yeah. that was extremely important because really... Local authorities want newcomers to be included in the injunction because they want an injunction where every time on one of these many, many, many pieces of land that they get an injunction covering, every time a, a gypsy or traveller turns up on that land, they can go and wave the order at them and say, you've got to go, whoever you are. Whether you were there at the time we were taking the injunction proceedings or whether you've come later, you've now got to go. Nicklin's judgment was a disaster to them because it made it, made it fairly useless to them. It's not what they wanted. Mm -hmm. To boil it down, the Court of Appeal have said you can get an injunction against newcomers. Yeah. The injunction will cover newcomers. So they've kind of turned it around and made certain other um, negative comments. Because, for example, to give you just perhaps the main example of that, Whereas uh, Nicklin, now the um, other important thing, is, <laughs> this has much wider ramifications because Nicklin was basing his judgment. He's the judge in the High Court. Mm -hmm. He said you can't have an injunction against newcomers. He was basing his judgment on a previous Court of Appeal case called Canada Goose, the Persons Unknown. And Canada Goose was about a big posh clothing firm which yeah. has animal products in their clothes. Yeah. And they have a big posh shop on Regent Street in London. And they were faced with protests outside the shop by animal rights protesters. And they wanted to get a general injunction against protesters. Uh -huh. So they did go for it. And then the Court of Appeal threw it out on the basis that you can't, what Nicklin relied on, which is you can't get an injunction against newcomers. Yeah. So that was the basis of that Court of Appeal judgment. Now, you may well wonder how... <laughs> A new Court of Appeal can effectively overturn a previous Court of Appeal judgment. What they did is they went back to previous judgments, and again, it all gets very complex. And they said Canada Goose, the Canada Goose case was decided incorrectly because there were previous judgments which supported the position according to this Court of Appeal, which supported the position that um, 
you, you can get an injunction against newcomers. And therefore, Canada Goose was wrong. So we'll throw that out. Okay, thanks ever so much for chatting with me. Today. You're very welcome. Chris, yeah. that's really, really great to hear from a lawyer about, you know, th those actual facts so that we kind of know where we are. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Chris, and you. Bye-bye. Great to hear a little bit from Chris there with the proper legal info. If you want to hear more from Chris and his analysis of the new legislation and how it will actually affect us on the ground, tune into episode one of this podcast where we interview Chris and he tells us in details about the ramifications of that bill. Chris works for Community Law Partnership, which is a traveller-friendly law firm. If you need advice or indeed representation, as Chris suggested earlier, look them up online. Also part of the Community Law Partnership is TAT, Traveller Advice Team. They run a dedicated Gypsy and Traveller helpline, which you can ring at any time between 9am and 1pm Monday to Friday. The phone number is 0121 Well, I'm just going to finish up now with a few snippets from the speech that happened on Saturday made by Lou who we heard from in an earlier podcast in relation to NFATS. She did a beautiful speech on Saturday, and I just wanted to share a little bit of that with you all. Thanks so much for listening. I hope it's been useful and inspiring. Catch you next time on I Choose the Road podcast. I'm here today because I'm a traveller and I'm an activist, and I'm here because I've had enough. I'm fed up of all the lies and the exaggerations and the blatant propaganda that the government and the media persistently peddle about travellers and activists. For me, the issue here is land ownership and the monetarisation of land and homes. In the past, the land was everyone's. No one had a right over it. People grazed their cattle and foraged for their food. Gypsies and travellers camped where they needed to. They were welcomed for they brought their skills and their wares with them, their entertainment and the news. They moved on as quickly as they arrived. They moved on to the next stopping place. When the land was stolen from all people and enclosed by fences, the itinerant nature of the traveller was no longer tolerated as they could not be controlled by the ruling classes, the landowners. Travellers could not be forced to work or pay taxes. They did not need to, for they were self-sufficient and they could support themselves. Gypsies, Roma and travellers continue to live this way and they are a constant reminder that another way is possible. That if you can endure the simple way of life without running water or plugged into the mains, then this system has no power over those who live this way because we do not need them. Over the last millennia, we have seen that one land grab after another. Common land, wasteland, woodland, all suddenly becoming private property, whilst old droves and traditional parking places are made inaccessible. Houses, factories and car parks appear, appear where there was once traditional park-ups. These are now off-limits for travellers, even when families have stopped there for centuries. So in fact, the original trespass is actually against us. It is us who is constantly being prevented from accessing the land that once belonged to the people. We, then, we can then see that this bill is about control. 
This is about money and this is about forced assimilation. The GRT have been persecuted and scapegoated for over 500 years. They have been terrorised for the way they have been terrorised for the way that they live, and we still are. Just look at the Battle of the Beanfields and the, ex the eviction of Dale Farm to see how we have been treated. This bill only protects the criminals who have been oppressing the people. It protects the government, the corporations, the police, the bailiffs and the courts. And I'm here to let you know that despite your plans to criminalise me, I will continue to travel on this land and live where I need to. And I will continue to protest where I see corporate corruption and the environmental havoc that ecocidal policies produce. <laughs> You will not steal my home, and you will not silence my voice. Yeah. Travellers are uniting. Everyone is united against this bill. My convictions are strong and my vision is true. I have felt to no man and I'm not near to you. The road, not for me, a life for being born to be sold. The green hills in the distance are calling me home. Not for me, a life of being born to be sold. Under the open sky. Convictions are strong and my vision is true I have felt to no man and I'm not near to you I choose the road, not for me A life for being born to be sold The green hills in the distance are calling me home Not for me, a life of being born to be sold Under the open sky